Thank you, thank you, thank you for coming on today, PCS Podcast. This is Ian Rodriguez coming back at you live from the Honda Civic Studio. Iron Maiden coming in nice and soft this uh, afternoon. It is Tuesday, June 11th. And, wait a minute, is it 11th? It's 12th. Um, Anyway, it's June something. Uh, I think the 13th is Friday, so that would make today the... uh, 13th anyway let's go let's get back to the point here a lot of things to talk about today so apologize for my randomness and I'm really sorry if it's a little messy but I got a ton of notes in front of me and I forgot my other notes so it's going to be a bifurcated show today hopefully if I can get back to it later today but um let me start off by saying uh happy Tuesday to everybody I hope your week's going well thanks for joining us again I have some exciting developments a, an interview that we're scheduling tentatively for Friday. I won't tell you who it is, but it's someone who's very near and dear to me, and it's someone who I consider very important in our hobby and in our community here in Southern California pinball. So stay tuned. Hopefully Friday afternoon I'll be cutting that out for you guys, and uh, it'll be great. I'm really looking forward to it. Another interview which I'm happy to announce, but I, I will tell you who it is, is my wife, and she doesn't know I'm going to do it, So I'm going to kind of surprise her one of these days. As soon as I can find the opportune time, I'm going to drag her into the Civic Studio, or maybe just the garage. Maybe we'll cut the music in the background out. And uh, I'm going to interview her. It's going to be very impromptu, so she won't be prepped. She's going to be totally surprised. And that'll be the moment, folks, when she finds out that I actually have a pinball podcast and that I've been keeping all these uh, records and diaries of all this experience and pinball time that I've been enjoying for so long. Um, So I'm excited for that. Um, And I did kind of do a tribute to my wife last show because she's so gracious, and I anticipate she'll be just as gracious and pleasant in our interview together. So I don't know when that's going to happen, but stay tuned for that. You know, we were talking about desperation last episode. Uh, Pinball desperation, you know. um, Actually, it was two episodes ago. So... I was remembering a story about this Earthshaker pinball that I was loving so much. So I played Earthshaker, I really love it, it's a Lawler design, and somebody I know had one in their garage that they were sort of flipping, and I said, I want that machine from you. And being the good friend that he is, with the opportunity to make a buck off of me, he said, you know what, this one's not for you. So he declined my offer. He just told me it was in too bad a shape. So thank you, Pete, my friend, for telling me not to buy that game because I was in a state of passion and desperation, and you may have sensed that, and that wasn't the only reason why he told me not to buy it, but I'm sure the reason was because the pinball machine itself wasn't in such good shape. So I hope your pinball friends are as good as mine and as honest as mine are because they are looking out for me, and thank you, Pete. Another fun story about Pete. Hope you're listening, Pete. This is why it's nice to be nice, all right? This is why being nice in your hobbies, in your circles, in your communities is is essential and paramount. And I remind you, what goes around comes around. So Pete was telling me this story that he had a uh, found some parts or something, or ordered a machine with some parts, and unfortunately the person who sold it to him had included too much with the sale, like on accident, inadvertently. So Pete went on Pinside and had a, a public message saying, hey, if these are your parts and you're missing them, send me a message. So lo and behold, Pete tells me the guy PM'd him, and he got together with this guy and, and made it happen, made it right, and gave him his stuff back. And that was a really kind act. I think it was incredibly generous of him to do so. 
So something happened, like maybe a week later, Pete says, hey, I got a message from this guy who I knew who was selling, or wasn't selling it, excuse me, who owned a Circus Voltaire that Pete, you know, wants so bad, and this guy wasn't selling it. But he said, Pete, because I saw what you did on that really nice post you made and that, that help you were trying to extend to our one of our fellow pinball heads, I'm going to sell you my, my Circus Voltaire. So the guy, unsolicited, offered his CV up for Pete's purchase, and only his purchase. It was not listed. And now Pete is the lucky and awesome owner of a beautiful, seems like home use only, CV. A machine that's been on his bucket list for presumably quite a few years. So congrats, Pete. I am really looking forward to coming to your house and playing that game. I cannot wait, uh, but I hope you enjoy it in the meantime. It's going to be fun to see it in your game room if you are going to finally do that game room and have a solo over. Um, so yeah, my uh, friend Pete bought a new house. He's making a new game room as we speak, so we're looking forward to going over there soon. Alright, so what's today all about? You know, my first machine highlight is an artist by the name of Zombie Yeti. And as you all know, or maybe you don't, his first machine that he drew art on was Ghostbusters. And Ghostbusters, to me, a 2016 machine by Stern, sold a ton. Everybody's favorite, of course. Um, heck, everybody's got a Ghostbusters. Every location has one, for sure. Um, Ghostbusters was, if you look at the art on this game, it was the turning point for Stern. It was the moment in time when Stern turned the corner on developing beautiful art and paying high-quality artists high-end money to do their art packages. So go take a look at that. And for a first pinball effort by Zombie Yeti, it was absolutely breathtaking. Just the beautiful line art that he does and the colors that he uses. If you haven't noticed, Zombie Yeti loves purples. Um, he loves to use purples and blues, and he does them so well that the playfield and the back glass and the cabinet art come out looking just amazing. And Iron Maiden too, another one, obviously not his first machine. Rather, his second machine came out better than anybody expected and is truly one of the most beautiful machines I've ever seen. Now here's the debate. Zombie Yeti, is his first machine Magic Girl or is it Dead or is it uh, Ghostbusters? That's worth worth questioning, right? I think it was Magic Girl. Um, I, I guess that's maybe not a debate, but it's just a question I have. I wasn't sure because Magic Girl doesn't really show up on his IMDB of pinball. But let's call it Magic Girl if it was. And that machine is known as one of the best looking machines in pinball anyway. So being a first machine, Magic Girl or Ghostbusters, Magic Girl is phenomenal. Another purplish machine. And it's absolutely gorgeous. When the lights shine on it, I'm not kidding. Magic Girl looks like a work of art. Uh, extremely appealing. I think when they remake that game, that game is going to sell like hotcakes because it looks so gorgeous. And Kaneda is known for saying that that's the most beautiful ma machine he's ever seen. I agree with Kaneda on that. Uh, Magic Girl is the most beautiful machine I've ever seen. It is without a doubt the most, most gorgeous art package I've ever seen. Moving on. So, I don't know if you guys heard... But Elvira 3 is coming out. Elvira herself, is it Christina Peterson, I think, announced on her Twitter that uh, Stern is making her third pinball machine. She said, oh, if you liked Party Monsters and if you liked Scared Stiff, you're going to love this machine. So Stern has yet to confirm this, of course, but Elvira 3 is presumably coming out. Now, here's the wrinkle and the rub that I didn't even know. I was listening to TWIP today, the TWIP podcast, and he mentioned 
that Stern had already made the game, that Dennis Nordman had already made the game, and that they were holding on to it for some reason or another, right? So they are they basically banked the game and waited to release it. So for however long they've been holding on to this game, God love them, it's time to release it, right? So I'm looking forward to seeing it. Uh, interestingly enough, he's my highlighted designer, and I don't know if you guys knew this, and let me confirm it here. I'm actually looking through my book as we speak. But I want to say Nordman's first game. I'm moving on and on and on. I want to say it was Special Force. Um, I'm not 100% sure on that, but Special Force is a game that's really cool. It's an old Bally game. Really cool plastic ramps everywhere. But we know Nordman most, I guess, best from Whitewater. And Whitewater is a very awesome collector game. It's very rare. It's very high priced because of that. And it's a really interesting layout. I think Nordman does well with ramps. He's got ramps and plastic all over that game, as well as Special Force. So I think Elvira 3 by Nordman, if they do use his design, is going to be incredible because it's going to be a change of pace and a change of the way they do things. I think there's going to be some multi-level ramps going on. I think there's going to be some really interesting texture that he adds to the playfield design, and I'm really excited to see it. And only if Nordman is indeed the designer they went with on this. So congrats to Elvira, and congrats to all you Elvira collectors. I have a friend named Robbie who loves Elvira. He's got scared stiff. I don't know if he has party monsters, but another friend of ours named Aaron has a party monster. So anyway, between the community that we, uh, the, the circle that we share, we've got Elvira, scared stiff, uh, and Elvira party monsters between us. So it's going to be really exciting to see what part three looks like. And someone's got to buy it. Someone's got to buy it. So if you're listening to me now, buy it. If you know me, buy it. So that way we can come over and play. Maybe, I guess it's October is the release date. So we're looking forward to that. Moving forward. So I don't know if I've mentioned this, but Toy Story by Jersey Jack is allegedly the next title. The good news, of course, is that they went back to Disney for a better license, so we're going to see something more quality than Pirates of the Caribbean, more in, I guess, integrated with the movie, more highly high use of the movie, and more clips, etc. I'm looking forward to that game. It's a Lawler design. It's going to be very exciting to see what they do with that license, as everybody is saying. I think it gives us the most opportunity to have the most toys on any playfield of all time, and I hope Lawler capitalizes on that. Now his toy use is varied from talking heads to electric chairs to, you know, the thing magnet in uh, Adam's family to, I mean, just a lot of randomness the way he utilizes toys and the electric guy on dialed in, etc. So it, it, to me, I don't know what to think that he's going to do with that game, but I anticipate, here's what I want to see. I want to see that, that springy, what is it called, the slinky dog, the wiener dog. I want to see the walking robot that you turn the crank on and he starts walking. I want to see the aliens, I want to see Buzz Lightyear, and I want to see Woody. Now Tom Hanks will not be voicing the, the game allegedly, because his license and his power is too strong. He is after all Tom Hanks. Um, so that's unfortunate, but hey look, I think the game will be just fine without him. I'm looking forward to it. So the other day, I was on Pinside, and a post caught my eye, and I love talking about Pinside because it is the pulse of the pinball community. It is who we are. And if you're not on forums, you're missing out because there's a lot of good content, but most of all, great discussion points for me here on PCS Podcast. Um, so the post, uh, the person who was posting something said, what do I do? You know, basically asking the forum, what, what should I do? Should I buy a game or should I just use location pinballs to achieve my pinball need, right? To satisfy the need and scratch the itch. 
and he lived in Chicago or someplace where there's lots of locations. So the argument for and against were, hey, look, these are expensive to buy and expensive to maintain. The, the argument for it is obviously you get to have it in your garage. So if I'm offering him my opinion, you know I own machines, I say go buy one because there's nothing like having it in your garage. And I've mentioned this over and over and over. Having a machine all to yourself in, your, in the midnight time in your garage, all by yourself playing it and GCing it and tearing the machine up, is just a feeling unlike any other. And the idea that you can walk into your garage or game room anytime, any day, and just look at them and smile is something that I consider a priceless uh, amenity. All right, I consider it priceless. You can't put a value on contentment. You can't put a price on satisfaction. You can't. And owning pinball machines is the most satisfying experience of my life, aside from being married and having children. And I'm not kidding when I say that. Nobody loves pinball more than I do, everybody, and if you haven't met me and talked pinball with me, you wouldn't know, but if you're listening to me now, then you must hear it in my voice. It's true. It's the most satisfying material experience on earth. I can tell you that without doubt. So, if you are thinking about buying a machine, just take the plunge. You only live once. We are not alive forever. Nobody lives forever. Nobody gets a million second you know, chances, and nobody's guaranteed tomorrow. Spend the money, have the machine to your own, and to yourself, and try to get that feeling that I feel every day when I flip those machines on. I guarantee you it's addicting and it's worth every penny. So that's my pin side post discussion point for the day. So Canada was uh, interviewing a guy named Neil who created PinQuest. And if you haven't heard the interview, please go to Canada's podcast and check it out. PinQuest is a cool app that he developed which he's going to sell to bars and locations that have pinballs in public and they're basically paying for the pin quest and it's going to draw people into their locations. It's a really unique idea. Allegedly you get on board and there's quests associated with the games that they have on location that are tied to the app and you have to prove that you achieved the quest. If it's a grand high score, a grand champion, or if it's beat this mode or the other. Um, it seems like a really interactive sort of toy and, and, and experience for, for gamers and pinheads. So I'm excited for it. I can't wait till the locations that I play at carry it and use it. Maybe uh, Retrovolt, maybe the uh, Lake Alice location, we'll see. I'm really looking forward to it. A couple of final points uh, from the Twip podcast today, um, or yesterday. You know, they were talking about Charlie Emery, the lead designer at Spooky Pinball. And they said, I think it was Zach Minnie said, hey, this guy's in the category of the great designers in pinball now because he did Alice Cooper, Cooper's Nightmare Castle, and that puts him in the upper echelon of game designers. Now, what are your thoughts about that? Email me, spflirod at yahoo.com. I want to hear your thoughts, your response to that. Do you consider Charlie Emery a top, higher echelon pinball designer or not? I won't tell you my opinion, we'll save it for next time, but I want to hear what you think. I have a very strong opinion about this. I have a very strong opinion about lots of things. Mostly I try to stay positive, sometimes you got to be honest, but uh, for the most part I, I think everybody has their merit, but I'll leave it at that. I want to hear your thoughts, S-P-F-L-I-R-O-D at Yahoo. Thanks for responding, I'm really excited. The other point that Twip mentioned about Spooky was that they have a co-op mode on their new game, Alice Cooper, so that's really cool. I thought about co-op, and they kept mentioning, well, Stern should release updates, which include it, and I totally agree. Why don't we have co-op mode on all our Stern machines? All of them. The technology is there, 
the updates can be released. It's that simple. So please, Stern, release co-op mode for every game you published that's modern with a USB port. Please do it. I'm looking forward to playing with my friends, not always against them, all right? It's fun to compete, but it's also fun to work together. Wouldn't it be fun if the next pinball event that I had would be all co-op with my friends and I on these modern machines? I think it would be great. I'm really looking forward to it. Other than that, everybody, no update on Wonka, no word from distributors, no word from JJP, no nothing. So we continue to hold our breath. The weather's heating up. The hype is heating up. Pinball is better than ever, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. Have yourself a great Tuesday. Don't forget to tune in on Friday with our new interview. God bless you all. Go play some pinball. Bye.